everyone, and welcome to the 39th. Is it the 39th? 39. I can't remember. It's the 39th Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, which is coming to you live, but not live, but recorded from GDC. We're actually on the battlements of the podcastle. And you Thank can hear the war yeah. raging below. You can hear there's some people playing physical games. You're definitely going to hear stuff falling over. Yeah. I am joined by... Who are you? I'm Matt Lees. Oh, yeah. Shut up and sit down. No, I remember. But we've got a special guest actually here today. We have. Who Hi, are you? Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Jonathan Ying of Fantasy Flight Games. Wow. So Jonathan's obviously That's a, a designer. Uh, you worked on Imperial Assault. Mm-hmm. I um, uh, also did some expansions for Battle Lore, and uh, I worked on Forbidden Stars, a Warhammer 40k game. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Great. it's great. It's good. It's good. That's a pretty impressive resume. But are you here as a Fantasy Flight person? Uh, I am not. I'm actually Ooh. here at GDC volunteering. Uh, it is a great way to see the uh, conference. Uh, I'm just here to enjoy the talks. It's really cool just hearing video game developers um, and get cross-pollination of ideas. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's why we're here. Uh, yeah. As you can hear, people in the background doing silly things, and we'll talk about those silly things very soon, <laughs> because they are brilliant. Oh, but gosh. largely, we're here so that, yeah, it's almost like a, the developers who know about board games already, most game developers do and should, it's, hope so. it's kind of a cheat sheet for people who are maybe a bit out of the loop of going around and we've got some of the kind of games we think are the most interesting uh, of the last year uh, for one reason or another and they can just come and have a look and just have a go and we, it's been lovely. It's been excellent. We have this open access lounge, don't we, which is basically like a cordoned off area of the top floor of this building which is awash with sunlight it and is. one rogue bird that we keep seeing flying yeah, around. Yeah, I like it. Free bird. The little bird just having fun. People yeah, are worried it... about it. Quinn's has been very worried about it but we think it's fine because it's like he's going to eat pastries and stuff. It'll be fine. There'll be crumbs. <laughs> That's what birds eat is Unfortunately, pastries. Quinn's can't be here for this podcast because he's lost his voice entirely from having too much fun. <laughs> Um, and I'm that on my it, way, you can probably tell. But it's, uh, it's a lot of explaining games to people and talking to people who are excited about board games. So, well, here's the thing. We've also been very busy, haven't we? We've had pretty much every day, we've had a lot of people come in. Obviously, a big open access area, very visible. This is a video games conference primarily, but it everybody is. here wants to play board games. Yeah, it's almost like they hate their jobs. You know, board games are a very lovely communal activity, you know. It's like, true. And I think actually it's funny because this year at GDC, uh, it's all about VR, virtual reality, and people wearing headsets and stuff, which is very cool. It's very fun stuff. I had mm-hmm. a go at it myself last night, oh, first yeah. time. Felt like being in the Matrix. I was lunging around. My legs lunging. Actually, my legs hurt today from playing VR. I'm not sure my legs are VR ready, um, which is uh, something I was not expecting. But anyway, I think it's maybe more than ever as we all immerse ourselves into tiny screens, very, very, very close to our faces, and. Uh, the gap and space for people having a nice time without any of that stuff is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah. And I mean, you guys did this last year, didn't you? And it was it was successful, but this year is a step up, if it's I'm correct. It's very busy and it's lovely. We've, we've had lots of lovely things and we won't sit here and name drop all the lovely people who've come over and said nice things. How about but we let's name... Play... <laughs> go on, no. What were you going to say? <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm, I said we're not going to do it. How about we name drop the uh, wonderful games that we've played instead? That's a good idea. I Can we start with talking about Brawl? Because... Jonathan, this is something that isn't anything to do with Fantasy Flight. No, not at all. But it's, it's uh, something that you really like. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Brawl what is, it? is a card game. It came out in the 90s. Um, it's by Cheap Ass Games. Uh, it was, uh, I found it in a comic book shop when I was like 12. Uh, it's an excellent real-time card game. Uh, each player chooses a character who just looks like a classic 90s fighting game archetype. Yeah. And uh, the game plays in about one minute. And it gets very intense. Uh, Matt actually fell down 
uh, yeah, physically yeah, at the I, end of one of I, our I games. I was thinking wow. about that this morning. I was like, yeah, I only played two games. The first game I was kind of learning how to play. The second game I kind of got into it. I kind of got it and I was really going for it. And I did, I did fall off the t- chair backwards onto the floor. Really? I, I missed fall onto this. The I didn't know this happened. It was very intense. I screamed and then fell off, fell over. Did, what did you scream? Just went, ah! And then I just, I mean, it was, it was brilliant. Like, and the thing was, I didn't intend to do that. Like, I didn't intend to fall off the bench backwards onto the floor while screaming. What, what caused this to happen? I mean, I know that's hard to believe because you think. No, like, I, I, I believe you. Okay. So, an interesting part of the game is that um, you are basically jockeying for position to get really strong, but the game doesn't end until one player gets to the bottom of their deck where they play cards that sort of lock the available positions. Mm-hmm. So Matt was beating me in the second game very yeah. solidly and racing to the bottom of his deck and just discarding cards as fast as he could because he had an advantage. But in that time, I was able to just squeak out, like I was able to clear two of his uh, winning bases and then... Uh, by the time he got to his freezes, there was nothing he could do, and I so won. It has this weird thing where you put down these bases, right? And they are basically like just these little character cards. And <clears throat> as soon as you've got one of those in play, it means then you can start to play moves on them, which are just hits. And all those go, go down on top, don't and they? And you they just stack, stack them up, up on top. But you're only allowed to draw one card at a time, from the, and you choose to play it or discard it. And then you just go, okay, well... And also, like, there are different colors of hits, and you can only put a hit on the same color of one you've already done. So if you've got a red hit down on one of the bases already, and then you draw a green one, and there's no way you can put it... You just have to discard it. But in this one, I basically managed to get so many red hits. I think I'd, I'd managed to stack up like at least eight like red hits in a row. I think that may have been every red hit in your deck. Yeah, it was a lot. But, and this is the big thing, um, I wasn't able to lock that in place. Because the funny thing about the, the base thing, the way is that if you just have one base card there, then it means nothing can happen. You just play hits on it, or somebody might block the hits, whatever. But then when you have two bases next to each other, at any point, anyone can play a clear card. And you put a clear, and it just takes everything there, no matter what's happened, no matter how many hit cards and how much stuff has happened on that, it just immediately you just grab it and just swipe it to one side. It's just gone. However, the cool thing is, if that base card is blocked on either side, you can do it on the edge. So you can't do it if there's only one base card down, and you can't do it if it's a base card that's in the middle of two yeah. others. Which means we had, and I kept basically, John kept clearing <laughs> the side ones, and I kept immediately, like, really quickly just putting another one down. So every time he, like, would clear one, trying to get this middle core of this, like, powerful combo <laughs> I was about to lay on him, every time he was, like, trying to swipe it away, I'd be like, bang, new. I was locking it in there. And it was so close. And it, 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 the pace of it was phenomenal. It did feel like pulling off a combo. It's the weird thing, isn't it? Because you, you do actually play it in real time, and it's about how fast you can pull the cards out of your deck for your fighter, which are all different. Yeah. And stick them down in real time. And I was just, I was so close, and I really thought I had it. And then out of nowhere, suddenly just John just blitzed the rest of his cards, just went boom, 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 clear. I got clear. two clears in a row at you the very clear, end clear. of my and deck. You just wiped out all this stuff, and then you just laid down like a handful of hits, and then just went freeze. And it was just, it went from being like completely mine to being yeah. like completely gone oh. in seconds. It felt so good. And the, the, the build-up of the tension of me like, getting <laughs> so into it, and so like, yeah, I think I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, and then just watching it basically be like dragged away from me at the very last minute. I just... Had this explosion of energy and frustration, <laughs> and I just, I just went, ah! and then the, just kind of fell over. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was kind of bizarre because it's like probably from an outside perspective, it looked like something that was just like somebody like really being playing up and being melodramatic. But it was just, 
such an unbelievable like volcanic burst of energy that my body just didn't know what to do with it. So it's, I fell it's over. It's so strange to play a card game in real time and with it's sort of I guess about awareness of I don't want to say space, but those, those rows of different fights that you have. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you're you're looking at three different bases at the same time and looking at these three different fights. And yeah. Where's Making the call? Where to commit? You know in, where in you want to go? In half a second, yeah. as well. Because they're playing cards too, and like the more cards they play, like you don't even know what they're. You can't always read what they're doing. You just kind of get a sense that they've. Oh, they played so many hits on this. I need to get rid of it somehow. So uh, here's my question for you then. I mean, it, you're talking about this as a game from the 90s. Mm -hmm. Is it still around? Uh, it, in fact, very recently got a uh, big reprint. They did a Kickstarter uh, earlier this, well, uh, in 2015. And it is finally, like, it should be, it's hidden store shelves. It, uh, there's the original six decks by the, uh, with the original art, mm -hmm. and it's phenomenally 90s. But there's also a new set of six decks uh, called uh, Brawl Senior Year. And they got the same artist, the original artist from, that did the original set, to make these, a full new cast of six characters. And it's just, it's really also cool to see how his art has evolved, but still kind of hits that same aesthetic. Of more, it's slightly more modern fighters, it looks like. It looks like, you know, yeah. where that was like old school, like, you know, Streets of Rage style fighters. Yeah. The new yeah. one is like more modern. Uh, well, also, it's yeah. an artist who did it for 20 years. It's like, you'd think the artist any artist would have changed quite considerably in fact. Anyone would change Almost quite certainly. considerably in Well, they've certainly improved a lot. Yeah, yeah. I imagine. They look really good. So here's something I want to ask you about, Matthew. Yep. Crime. I like crime a lot, you know, Paul. I do a lot of crimes. I spend a lot of time doing crimes. Well, did I call someone? What? Sorry? No, it's fine. Shush. Uh, <laughs> we, we did a crime recently. We did. Me and Paul and we we were broke caught. into a bank at night. Oh, dear. Uh, we got caught. It was just a joke, but the police didn't see it that way. So, yeah, yes. we were actually recording the podcast today live from jail. John, how did you get in jail? Oh, uh, I, I thought it was visiting hours. Um, oh, yeah, it is. Well, yeah. thanks for coming anyway. Now, uh, before we go yeah. on to crime, I'd like to yes. talk about something else. Sorry, I'm in a silly mood. I'm very hungover. I'm very go tired. On. Go on. I want to talk about um, the silly <laughs> games we've been playing. Just so the that when people, people can probably hear right now. Yeah, just so when people hear people in the background or hear things and think, what is that? So, First one we've got is TikTok Woodman. A TikTok, a TikTok Woodman is, is a game we actually briefly reviewed in an episode a while ago. Very straightforward. It's just a plastic tree, isn't it? Yeah. And you, you, on your turn, you tap it twice with a tiny plastic axe, and hopefully the tiny plastic bark falls off. Hopefully the tiny plastic logs don't. Yeah. How, how's your experience with that? I mean, it's just wonderful in the fact that it's basically so much like Jenga, but Jenga with a little axe instead of like carefully pulling something out. And the fact that there's two things I like. A, you can have huge chunks of the tree falling off, but it's not over. It's not like yeah. Jenga, like, oh, it fell over, it's over. You can carry on through the disaster. And B, the fact that you can actually like repair it. So because you're allowed two hits, you might actually spend the first hit trying to knock a really horribly misplaced log that's kind of slipped out, like a slip disc, really. It is. <laughs> um, you can try and knock it back into place, and then, and then. So, I've had some games which have been over in about a minute and a half, and I've had other games which went on for about half an hour and just almost completely stripping this log of all of the bark very carefully. And uh, it's just a very silly game that surprises me quite frequently. I've had another time where I, I hit it once and seven pieces fall that fell off, and everybody, myself included, just went, "What? Like, how did they even?" Like, how did that happen? It's ridiculous. And it's also been a really good icebreaker for just getting, you know, getting someone to sit down at a table with you, 
for five minutes. Mm. And then once you've got them there, you're like, well, you know, do you want to maybe play Flick 'em Up? That's also really physical. And yeah, I've been playing a lot of Flick 'em Up and enjoying that. And the other thing I mentioned would be Dancing Eggs. So I haven't yet played this. Oh, I just danced with some eggs. All right, uh, we'll get back to blur burglary. Burglary. If you could explain eggs to me, both of you, and how they dance. So uh, Dancing Egg is uh, very exciting. It's, uh, there are a dozen eggs in a box and a pair of dice. Uh, one of these dice tells you how you get an egg, and the other dice is how you keep an egg. Uh, uh -oh. Getting an egg is a very silly situation where uh, sometimes it's like, oh, run around the table. Uh, first one to run around the table entirely gets to take an egg. Another one is bounce a rubber egg on the table, and the first one to catch that egg. And eggs, I'll have you know, eggs do not bounce reliably no. like mm. other bouncing orbs. And I find rubber eggs particularly bounce in a, a very erratic way. It was uh, problematic. Uh, we nearly lost one. Yeah, that's the thing is I've, I keep seeing people playing dancing eggs and seeing people running around and just thinking, Having this vision of like people smashing headfirst through glass banisters and falling down. We're on a second floor right now, right near like sort of a balcony area overlooking a thirty-foot drop. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, like I like coming here, but I'm worried that like somebody below being seriously injured by a rubber egg that's fallen by 150 that, feet. That would be a headline. So it's there's various ways. Problems. So there's various ways to get eggs, and then once you have an egg, you have to roll a die, and that tells you where you keep your eggs. Because uh, yeah. you're not, you don't get to just sit, sit them on the table in front of you as your score. No, you have to, uh, one of them puts it in like the crook of your elbow. Or underneath your chin. Uh-huh, or in your armpit, one of them like uh, between your knees. Between your knees is a real problem because one of the... One, you have to run around yeah, for one of them. One of the ways you get eggs is by running around the table quickly. And it means if you've got an, a rubber egg between your legs, it means when that comes up, you just think, well, I'm not doing that, like, I'm not even moving. Well, you like, can try. No. And no, I would try. You're not going to win, Paul. And if you're not going to win, there's no point trying. Oh, that's what Yoda said, yeah. Yeah, that's what he says. Funny little green dude. I think the most exciting thing, though, is that the game ends the second anyone drops one egg. Yeah. Oh, God. And so then, some of the games are, what, very brief? No, they're not that brief, actually. It's pretty easy to hold, like, to hold one egg yeah. in your armpit and, like, another in your other elbow. Like, I, you know, I was holding three eggs at once, and another guy was also holding three eggs at once. So we were, like, tied up, and it was very dangerous. Then someone... Uh, had to uh, catch a bouncing egg that like bounced away. And chasing an egg across the floor while like you can have your elbows crooked and like your chin down on your chest and like one guy's kind of just hobbling with his knees together <laughs> was uh, just someone just fell down physically. That's the thing, you just, just watching it from afar, watching all these people like strangely contorted and hunched whilst wobbling around trying to catch a rubber These are game egg. development professionals yeah, here. Often, yeah, often quite important people. And it's just wonderfully silly, but it always makes me panic because suddenly out of the corner of my eye, I see lots of people running really quickly. It's like, oh, it's just dancing eggs. It's just dancing eggs. But it's amazing because it's supposed to be like a family game. It's supposed to be for kids. But it's like everyone I've spoken to, we've had a lot of like older game devs because this is like a German game from a way back. It's kind yeah. of a bit, a bit of a rep from. You used to be able to buy it in like an egg carton. Yeah. Which was awkward at our store just because we also sold food. So everyone just thought, did they leave eggs out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, in the UK, we do leave eggs out. We don't refrigerate our eggs. What? Which causes Americans to really panic when they yes. come to our It makes country. me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah. It's just, you know, we, we treat eggs in a different way. If they're entirely safe, don't worry, honest. I mean, I, I respect your culture. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad to hear that. Honestly, I, I eat so many of these eggs and I'm still alive. It's fine. But, um, yeah. <laughs> One of the eggs in the box, though, is a wooden egg as well. And I love that. You can, you can choose to take the wooden egg. And then that means that, like, Oh, it's like lacquered too. It's smooth. Yeah, it's like and really shiny. It's just it's and it's worth two points because it's, it's so much points. harder to hold. 
But then it's like, if you have to hold that between your legs, it's like, you're in trouble. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of fun. But it's funny how a lot of older game devs have come over and gone, ah, yeah, dancing eggs. Like, you know, I used to play this like 10 years ago with my kids. Like, yeah, like a lot of furniture got like destroyed. And stuff. It's like, it becomes one of these things where it's like, it's clearly a very bad family game. It's one that should only be played by consenting adults who all have money available in their bank accounts to replace vases, furnitures. All people like us who have quite a bit of open space, so yeah. we're just going to be running in a circle. Still, like, I'm still getting like nightmares of somebody falling off a balcony. What, what happened? Why did they leap off the balcony? They were trying to catch a rubber egg. Yeah. You're an officer. Well. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's the party game. So that's some context for why if you hear people shouting suddenly in the or background. Or falling. Or falling or dying. Or if you hear a smash of glass and a scream. That's what's going on over here. I don't feel so bad talking about crime now. I feel like that's Crime's not as bad fine, as I guess that's why I'm in jail. Absolutely, there that was it. <laughs> uh, Burgle Brothers was a game that we played. Mm -hmm. A cooperative game where we procedurally generate a building which is full of, I want to say, tricks and traps. Uh, all these tiles that are laid face down. And gradually, as we explore them as the burglars that we are, we're looking for one of those tiles that's a safe and get into the safe, get the treasure. But there are also tiles that are what motion detectors, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, locked doors, yeah. foyers, and there's a guard walking around on each floor, and he might find you. That's, that, that's a description that works, right? It is, <laughs> and it's nice, but it has layers as well. And the fact that um, the guards only move on the floor if somebody's there. Yeah, and there's there's three floors, and then you have to find the safe on each floor. But then the order in which you do that changes things slightly so if you find the safe on the top floor first then the alarm you know things get harder below so you're encouraged to start at the bottom and then move your way up this building neatly safe 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 and leaving the floors below behind you entirely but at the same time that didn't really happen with us did it didn't really happen Quinn, with us. Quinn's the acro about he just left went through a window straight away and started causing all sorts of trouble he was a very very like Flippant burglar. He I was felt. very flippant. I fell off. Um... You know what he said to me afterwards? He said, "You know, I think we didn't spend enough time like running past guards and just like get like taking risks and getting <laughs> into trouble." And it's like, "Are you mad? Like we like we yeah. were the worst criminals. Like basically, I mean, it is kind of like a roguelike. It's a procedurally generated. Yes. Uh, you you crime don't know thing. how it's going to be laid out. You don't know where the guards going to move next. And you could play it and just get screwed by it in a few minutes. But it becomes that thing. As with all these things, it becomes a thing of." of the, the better you get it, it's just constant risk management. You always yes. understand the risks, yes. and you just always make the smartest moves you can knowing what you do. And yeah, I like the fact that occasionally, we lost in fact, because um, stuff that happened was unforeseen. Yeah. And it was just out of nowhere. Oh, the guard comes here and does this, actually we're caught, we're out. But that was our fault because we had so many moments before that where we'd just gone, oh, I suppose it's all right if the guard sees me now, or <laughs> I suppose it's all right if like this happens. and. Every time it's like, well, it isn't really. Like we, no. we, we, we kind of like treated our, our three tokens you have, which are basically like your three chances to, to hide, to hide yeah. before the guard just gets you. Uh, we just were kind of like frittering them away for like no real I mean, good reason. Three tokens is a whole two more tokens than one. Yeah, it's true. It's a, it seems like a lot yeah. until you need them. And then, oh gosh. One of my favorite elements of Virgo Brothers, honestly, is that every time you open a, a safe, you get something out of it, but that something is always something that's either really awkward to carry, like yeah. It's, yeah. it's a heavy Ming vase, or it's a cat, 
Uh, you know, the it's something that messes with you. Because the cat, like, keeps you, every time you start the turn, you have to roll a dice, and if you roll a one or, one or a two, then the, the cat jumps out of your arms. And you have to go pick the cat up again. To go and get it again, like, which is just wonderfully there's, silly. There's, like, a bark, uh, barking chihuahua you can get that just, like, guards just hear barking in the distance, like, what, what is that? We You're should right. go investigate so the barking. Like alarms, basically. Right, but they're kept in safes. Someone's kept a dog in a safe, which seems <laughs> like, I mean... True. You're, you're the real heroes here, getting these animals out of captivity. I didn't actually consider that, but that's really weird. It's really strange. And there's all sorts of different characters, like obviously Quinn's was an acrobat, which meant he could jump between the floors. He wasn't doing that very often. Um, he was a bad acrobat, really. I'm just going to throw that out acrobat. there. I had the ability to um, basically move around and make alarms go off in different places. I didn't which really is good, because that actually it draws the guards away. It was useful. We didn't really find a use for it that often, but that was mainly because um, that was just unfortunate, but it's a really good, useful ability. But I like the fact there's even a guy who can like use dynamite to blow up walls. And it's yeah. like, obviously it draws guards, but... But it reshapes the level. Reshaping the level is a huge thing as well, because yeah. so much of what we found was progress getting stopped, because it's either things like, you walk into this, this room and it's like, oh well, you have to spend two actions, or you set an alarm, or the keypad of being like, you've got to keep trying until you roll a six. And once you roll a six, the keypad door is always open, and you can keep just going through it. But when you've only got four turns, it's like, and you know the guard is coming down the corridor, it's like, what do you, you know, do you just try and roll a six or do you just get out of here? I like, there was lots of constant little meaningful choices, yeah. but it wasn't completely unforgiving. It no. was like, okay, well, that went really badly, but it's, it's fine. It's a game made up of a lot of different elements, and you see, I, I guess the idea is when you play, you play, you play again. You just see how all those elements come together this time around, yeah. how they fall into place. Which characters you pick this time, whether they were a combination for good combination for that level or not. Yeah, Quinn's didn't seem like sure about it, but I really liked it and I really want to play around with it more. I was, I was quite keen. I would try it again, definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It felt like something I wanted to get my teeth into. Ooh. Rather than just being like, oh, I'd like to play this a couple of times, I'm like, I want to like mess around with this quite a bit. Um, and there was a lot of a fun variety in terms of. Um, I like the whole mechanic of the fact that because it is this sort of secret map blueprint of you unfolding it as you go. That, that was TikTok Woodman going, but if you can hear that. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that you can choose to spend an action to peek, which is always the safest thing, or just run in. And I like how many, the, all the interesting ways that running in can go wrong. I like the fact that if you run into a, a keypad door, it's this idea of you just run around the corner and you just suddenly go, ah, ah, and just try and key something in. And you might get lucky. You might just run in and roll a six and you're like, you're fine. It's like a walkway where yeah. you like run in and then it's like, oh no, you just trip and fall down a floor. Which yeah. is what I did, into a laser trap. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like that. Yeah, you just, you just ran, ran too close to a, a glass walkway and just, just smashed through it. I, I like so many fun things. Or like you run into it and it's like, oh yeah, you need to spend two actions to move into this. And you're like, oh, but I've only got one action, which means, oh, well, the alarm goes off. And it's like, ah. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed the kind of the fear of, of being like very gradually kind of thinking, well, you just got to take this chance. And, and especially if there's a guard coming for you, you don't have time to peek, you don't have time to plan. Yeah. You just keep running into these rooms and hoping that it's not going to completely destroy you. And this is it. It's a game where you just sometimes you do have to take that risk. You and don't the, know when that's going to happen. Is, uh, I mean, the deduction side of it is interesting as well. The fact that like the guard patrols are a deck of little cardboard cards. Uh, so that it gets to a point where actually you can deduce where the guard is going next to this patrol, is it? which makes sense thematically, the idea that the guard yeah. has to patrol the whole building, and so each one of these cards is one of the squares on the floor, and it means that before it gets to the point where they get shuffled again, 
you can actually get to a point where you can look at it and go, oh, well, it's, you can look through the discard of them and you can go, oh, well, it's, he's going to be going either here or here next. And I think that really plays in nicely to the idea of like you are just discovering a building of blueprints. And I also like the fact that because there are a finite number of all these different Yeah, you types, know like how many laser traps there are going to be. And yeah. once you've found them all, you know at least that won't be the thing that you'll run into next. And you have like rooms where you can like hack to get points to like so you can hack the motion detectors, hack laser things. I, yes. like, I like the fact that you can be like, oh well, we've already discovered like two of the laser traps and they're not a problem, so there's no point hacking for lasers, but it's nice, there's lots of conversations, but I also like the fact that it's that blueprint thing of being like, well, of having somebody going, well, somewhere in the building, there are like, there's these really nasty rooms, and like, well, we haven't seen them yet. It's like, well, then they're... They must be over they're there. They're over there somewhere, like, they're here somewhere. Mm. Like. And uh, even that adds, I mean, I'd imagine the more you play it, of being like, there might be the tendency to, uh, to kind of like, just go through a floor, find the safe, crack the safe, and then just move on to the next floor. But if that means leaving like two or three tiles unturned, it's like, maybe that's not a good idea either. Because then it means like, you're just giving yourself less information uh, that you might need later. So it seems like, it seems like there's a lot going on there. Yeah. A lot to play with. You've played quite a bunch of it, right? I have, yeah. I, I quite enjoy it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Tim Powers in general. Uh, he's, uh, he's a great designer. Um, I am, when I play Burgle Brothers, we tend to be very, very methodical. Mostly because the first time we just went, like, we just ran through the hall shouting until we like, got to where we were going. <laughs> um, and, like, it's, it's an interesting how much the game changes with the number of players. Because it's got that pandemic thing of the more players you've got, the more the guard moves, bet- you know, yes. between turns. Yeah. So, like, with two people, you can really, like, you know, you, can, you feel very competent, right? But with yeah. four people, you're constantly having to, like, save each other. And, like, it, it's, you know, that o- the Ocean's Eleven movies where it's like, um, oh, God, uh, Matt Damon is in trouble. Someone who has to do a thing right now has to go help Matt Damon. Someone makes a call or something. Exactly. And then the guard's yeah. like, oh, sure, yeah, I'll go and check out this free muffin store or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, that might be a card. <laughs> the, the, card the, the card theming is also very charming. I'm a huge fan of those old heist movies. And I think it, it like it's one of the games that has come closest to capturing that classic pulp heist. Yeah, no, I, I actually completely agree. I, I, I struggled to find the right words yesterday, but when I was looking at the art style, uh, I, I, the, only, the only word I could use to describe the art style, especially on the, the cards for the rooms that you flip over, is it's just right. It's like I've seen so many games that like go for a theme and an era and trying to mimic that kind of tone, and it, I find it very frustrating how often these things are very close to being right, but not quite right. And yeah. in this case, it's like, he just nails it. It's that very classic graphic look that you get in like the title, uh, the title sequences for these old movies. Like Pink yeah. Panther style, yeah. like two-tone, and it's yeah. just, it's really slick and really cool. And yeah, I don't know, it, it really, stuff like that, when, you, when it's just right, it really does go a long way towards making you feel the part and making you feel like you are actually doing a, a, you know, a heist as a team rather than just playing a little game with a guard trying to find you or something. Another game we played that's actually really different, it's almost, I guess, at the opposite end of the spectrum, was Paperback. Mm. You both know Paperback. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. It is uh, my partner's favorite game. Oh, really? Much to my chagrin. Oh, really? Would you then care to describe for our many uh, wonderful listeners what Paperback is and how it's played? Uh, Well, um, most Shut Up and Sit Down fans have, uh, I'm sure, seen your Dominion review. Many... Uh, I think many have, although not everyone. Uh, It is a deck builder in one of the more classical sense of you are drawing, uh, uh, playing cards to gather cards to build a deck. 
of uh, resources to just kind of score points, right? And you pick up victory point cards and all that. The trick is, instead of being like, oh, it's a village, so it lets you draw an extra card, or you know, you can just play whatever card from your hand, every card is a letter or a combination of letters in the manner of Scrabble. And so like the short log line is just, it's Dominion meets Scrabble. And yeah. you have to, in order to play a card set, you have to make a word. So you're not just looking for the best combo of abilities, you're looking for letters that you really like. So like, my first time playing is like, as you know, the classic card gamer, I'm like, oh, this gives me plus two card size, and this lets me do this, and this lets me do that, and if they work together, it's great. Now I have to make a word that uses a Z, three J's, and like a Y, and I'm like, oh god, I don't... Jizzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzz
I'm just going to keep writing cheese again and oh again. Oh my god. Is there, there, there should be a rule that surely you can't just spell the same word over and over. Although I don't, I don't know, know if that rule exists. It doesn't. It's actually kind of fun when you start, like, you know, saying this, like, you, it becomes a theme in your deck of, like, there are a couple words that you can make. Like, you can do cheese and you can do chase. And you just keep <laughs> chasing cheese the whole game. Yeah. And also, like, I like the, there's a lot of interesting optional stuff in there. Like, yeah. um, like the fact that you can choose to have a theme of being like, oh, well, because it's like the, the theme of the game is it's about a paperback writer. And it's like, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's like it's Scrabble. I don't care. Uh, but I like the, uh, the simple idea of being like actually in the theme today is, oh, it's like suspense or something. Or like Western. So Western. if someone spells like poncho or yeah. like, you know, pistol, it's like, oh, that's super cool. And like you get bonus points. You get yeah. bonus points. So if everyone agrees that if it's the theme then you get bonus points. And I'm like, that's really sweet. That's really cool. And I also like the fact that you have that same kind of a acceleration that you have in a deck builder of being able to like buy like one-shot vowels that like give you a quick boost to your economy, but then you have to burn them straight away. Yeah. So they help you make easy words, easy short words, but then just building up to the bigger letters. And again, like choosing the payoff between like the hard letters like Y and Z. Like they have really cool bonuses that do. Yeah, they things. always have big abilities and huge value, but but it's oh. like yeah, but how many words can you do? <laughs> how many of those are you gonna buy? I got really excited by it mainly because I thought this is loads of fun. I'm gonna buy this for my mum next. I'm gonna play next Christmas because wow. she's already said. My parents actually already said like they they quite gotten into playing games over Christmas and they like us bringing them down. But my mum and dad have kind of said like ah, you know, we've given them, we've given them a few things and they're like you know. Yeah, this is lovely, but we're kind of at capacity now. Like, you can't really buy us anymore because we don't really have any room for anymore. And I'm like, you know, I get that, I respect that. But because these are all such small boxes, it's like a really small thing. It's fine. And she is an absolute, she's been a writer for her whole life, and she's yeah. just oh. an absolute scrabble fiend. She just destroys <laughs> us. You just spend an afternoon just going, that's not a word. And she goes, yes, it is. And then you look it up, and it is. And she knows every single, like, two-letter word there is. Uh, and look, she'll tell you what those. they mean as well. It's not like she's like studied the. She, she can tell you what all these words mean. She's like, oh, it's this, and and he gets to the point where you just don't even question it anymore. She just goes, that's a word, and you go, yeah, fine, fine. How many points is that? <laughs> Hundreds. Fine. Okay. Sure. Like. I just want to say there's two things I particularly liked about it. The first is that that mix of um, the the compl whether you want to put lots of powerful stuff in your deck or just actually spell a word, because there's not a huge amount more complexity in there. There aren't loads and loads of different cards with loads of different powers, which you have in Dominion, particularly if you buy all the expansions. There's a few, and they do important things, and that's it. And I like that that's actually fairly uncomplicated. And the other thing is, if you're struggling to spell a word, you just lay all your cards yeah. down, and you can say, Guy, you know, I want help. If someone else, if someone else gives you help, they get a bonus on their turn. Yeah. But it keeps the pace of play going, and it allows you to well, it, it, work with other people. It will with the right people. Because uh -huh. I remember that when, like, Quinn's, put, he wasn't listening properly to the rules, and when he got stuck and put all of his cards on the table and I gave him a word that was good, he was then a little bit miffed that I got then, then got to have a bonus point the next round. So I think the problem with it is, is if you're playing with nice people, somebody going, ah, oh, somebody help me out here, it's... It's such a lovely mechanic, isn't it? But I imagine with some people, they'll be like, no, I'm not giving anyone a bonus point. I mean, it's not much of a game for sharks in general. No, it's know, not. It's, it's like... not. But word, the word sharks exist. And oh, some people true. get into that. Uh, but no, that is lovely. That is lovely. And the... I, I also like the fact that you have the, the rush for like the big, the long words. Yes. Being like, yes. If you can, the first person to get an eight-letter word will get this free card. Yeah. And then it's like the nine-letter word. Yeah. So I like that it still has that kind of Scrabble-style thing of like really pushing yourself to like, you, that's the... 
That I, I've been Dancing watching eggs. that just over your shoulder, and we've just had two people collide. Yeah, it but the like eggs are fine. Buffaloes like <laughs> stomping around. I love it. I'm but okay yeah, with it. Paperback and Burgle Bros. Uh, two games that couldn't be any more different. But a second thing you liked about Paperback, you were gonna say? Oh, it, it was it was that it was the cooperative bit and the the fact that there isn't loads and loads of complexity. That there isn't loads of different card powers. Yeah. If you actually lay these cards out. There's what about five different categories, mm -hmm. and within those, there's a couple of different there's powers. Different costs of the scale up and strength yeah. and in interest, really. But it's not like there's twenty different decks of twenty different things, and it's not like it's infinitely expandable the way Dominion is. I like the way it's actually really tight and precise. So there's one really nice little thing about it that I've found, I've seen in players, where it's like if you only need like the card you want to buy is like five points, you can get five points by spelling jam. Yeah, you know, and that's fine. But you've got these other cards in your hand, and you just want to use all of them. So you, they'll spell major, not just to to use all the cards in their hand and feel good, because you don't keep any of the cards in your yeah, hand anyway. That's right. true. Yeah, because you don't get points for the wild cards and stuff. Yeah, it's just, and sometimes unlike in other things where you think, well, I only want that five point card, but I've got nine points, so I should spend it on this. In this, it was like, no, I really need that letter, and actually, like, I don't mind losing a few points because that's what I need. And yeah, you do just go out of your way to just write nice long words. And it just feels it's, good. Yeah, it's nice. It's fun. Yeah, I felt that when I played it. So, there, oh, there's one more game. Up billionaire Banshee cards. That I think we should really talk about. And this is... Oh man, I've had some f interesting times with that game this week. Billionaire Banshee. I didn't know that... I think this was brought along by somebody. Well, no, it Quinn's was... brought this. Oh, well, it's that, a, it's that a makes a It's a very naughty man called Quentin Smith, who's actually <laughs> hovering over us. Hello, everybody. Oh, no. He won't be audible, it's fine. Go, go away, Quentin. I'll you've call got, an ambulance. You've got no voice. You're not allowed to play until you've got a voice. Like, Why don't you learn American Sign Language and we can get a translator? We're not going to do that. It's a lot of work. But well, not by the end <laughs> do of the English podcast. Do the English have their own sign, a separate sign language? I don't know, but I'm hoping that someone in the comments will provide a definitive. Uh, there's got to be some overlap. There's yeah. got to be some universal. Pretty sure that American, yeah, I'm pretty sure that American sign language is kind of a, quite a Western universal standard. Hmm. But I don't know entirely. I would hope so. Anyway, yeah, Billionaire Banshee. Obviously, we played it on the podcast, didn't we? Do you remember? Because Quinn's fan, like, I this game and he described it. And oh, we played yes. around where he just made it up, yes. right? And now he's brought the actual game to GDC in a little box. And he didn't tell me a few things about Billionaire Banshee. <laughs> he really? told me, yeah, he told, he told us that it was like, yeah, you, got, you know, it's a billionaire, but they're a banshee. And this idea was like, oh, there's something about them that's great. There's something about them that's not so great. Quirky. And yeah, he described it as quirky. And in the game, they described it as perks and quirks. But what he didn't say was that there are three types of decks you can draw from. Uh, things yes. that are quite normal, things well. that are a bit supernatural. Well. And things that are very, very sexy. Well. And strange. And you know, this is a family, we're a family podcast and a family site, Paul, so be careful when you start flipping these cards over. I, I want to say that they're all, it's all strange. And there's, I don't, I don't see any delineation between it. It's all weird all the time. It is all weird, but the thing is, um, some, I played this game and I didn't know the rules. And I just thought, well, it's so simple. I'm sure I can work it out. So I, I played around with, um, a teacher and his students from Honolulu, that, oh. who were amazing. Oh, yes. And I immediately picked up two of the bear cards, which is, uh, they are the very, very dirty ones, and started reading out. It's and like just, a bear with like a whip. And yeah, I didn't know that it was, that, notice that it was a bear wearing daddy oh, like, bear leather. Yeah, he's got like a police cap and a whip. 
Yeah, I didn't notice that, but I, I clocked it after the first two rounds, which were just unbelievably uh, <laughs> filthy. And I just started thinking, gosh. Did the kids have a good time? The kids turned this fantastic shade of red. It was amazing. Out of the two of them, one of the students very wisely tapped out and said, I'm just going to watch. He's <laughs> like, I'm not playing. You see, I, I really like that this is here, and I think it's uh, an interesting icebreaker. And it's really a talking point game, isn't it? it? Is. You draw two cards, and then people vote on whether you would, you would date that person. You and know, and I, I, I like it. I like it. And I was, teach, I was explaining the rules to one group of people, and we had a bunch of uh, like writers and some quite, like, mm -hmm. you know, some good, worthy people. And one of them said, when I was describing it, they said, this sounds pretty judgy. And I was like, ooh. Mm. And I was like, a bit taken aback, because I was like, oh, is it? But then I was like, no, I thought about it and thought, no, it isn't. I kind of said, well, actually, in a way, I think it's more that it celebrates difference and celebrates like difference in taste. Because like, what's fun about this is there'll be like a combination of things that most people around the table might go, no, no way, I'd never go on a date with that person. But somebody might be like, no, I would. Like, and that's, I like that. It's, you can have something very, very strange, but somebody go, no, I'd give that a chance. Like, you know, it's funny that you say that because all the stuff that I've seen so far is so ridiculous and so far from reality that I don't feel it makes any judgment on anybody. No, and I think they got that. I was worried when I was explaining it to them, but then yeah. I stepped away from the table and about five minutes later I saw them playing and they were all laughing. So I think they, I think they thought it was going to be like, would you go out with somebody who's ugly <laughs> <laughs> or something? And it's like, no, it's, it's not you like that. You do learn a lot about your friends though. It's like, yes, because you, know, like, you learn a lot about your friends from either end, right? Because if you're the one playing the card and you're like, yeah, I would date that. And you find out all your friends are like, oh no, you he would never date someone for that, but it's like, but they have a giant robot. Like, yeah. I, like, I felt so, very strange when if everyone else on the table said they wouldn't date someone because they were a fugitive, and I was the last person. I was just like, sorry guys, is it? Is that not a bit hot? Like, <laughs> is that not a bit hot? Maybe. I don't know, but um, but yeah. Again, it was wonderful having all of this weird sex stuff coming up, and then the wonderful thing is one of these kids, one of these this, uh, teachers' students was doing this classic, like, I'm a teenage boy thing of, like, every time they would just be like, he'd be like, no, I'm, I wouldn't go on a date. I wouldn't date somebody like that. That's weird. It was just, like, classic, like, no, I, I don't want to date anyone who's not normal. That's weird. And then after, like, six or seven rounds of him just saying no, no, no every time, he eventually just said, yeah, I'd go on a date with someone. And a combination of things which everyone else thought was quite strange. <laughs> That's fascinating. And it was brilliant having the teacher going, oh, well, you know, it's been a great school trip, hasn't it? When we go back, people ask what we learned on this trip. Like, it was fantastic. Oh he was just word. cashing in we this We learned currency. that little Steve was really into, <laughs> like, <laughs> purple people. Yeah, it or, was like... like... entirely covered in green fur. Yeah, well, I think you're holding some, Paul. Are these safe to read out on the podcast? Well, I, yeah, I'm, I think so. I think so. Are we going to play I, a I quick just wanted round? to tell the quick sad story about my. I thought I'd met the, the perfect girlfriend, except that she thought she was a car, <laughs> and she she drove around making car noises and drinking petrol, and everything else was so good, but I couldn't get past it. And it's my problem. Yeah. Arguably, that's the other thing is it's maybe more of a judgment about me, and the fact that I can't deal with someone who just around the house could. Beep, beep. I'm just spat everywhere. That's <laughs> fine. It's fun. Jonathan. Some, of the com some of the combinations, though, are like, mm, you know, I think I could see past that. Yeah. Uh, and some of them just combine to just be terrifying. One of the ones we have which really just le almost leaves nightmares in my mind is that it was the, the good thing about them is they can walk on any surface. So they can walk up walls or walk oh, on wow. the ceiling. That's pretty cool. Problem is, instead of genitals, they just have a small coconut-sized human head another head <laughs> and then I just have this image of somebody 
having two heads walking on the ceiling naked at night, and I'm just like, no, no. It's like, yeah. it's not alone. Like, would I go on a date with? It's just, it's just, I'm, t- I'm just scared. One thing I quite like is that they have little clarifiers on them. Like, yeah. In case you like, it's like someone. Oh, they vomit cheeseburgers. And the cheeseburgers are edible and hot and totally clean. And they don't mind doing it. They don't yeah, mind doing it. It doesn't hurt them to do so. Yeah. But it's like, and so like, it has very sweet clarifiers. Uh, yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot of questions you might have are. Uh, yeah. Oh, several of them or are even immediately like, clarified. One of the, on the another horror, terrifying one is they have button eyes. They actually have buttons for eyes, like a teddy bear. Would they have no something. problem seeing. It's like, yeah, their eyesight's fine. Yeah. But they won't wear glasses. Like, you yeah. know, they, they, they're, not, they're not ashamed of it. And it's like, yeah, it asks a lot of real interesting questions about uh, shame. Like, would you, <laughs> if you really loved somebody, but they had buttons for eyes, could you see past that? So here's what I want to pitch to Jonathan. I think this is okay. And the funny thing about these cards, I mean, there's always one perk and always one quirk. And apparently the perk's the good thing and the quirk's the... Yeah, but it doesn't always feel like that. It doesn't feel like that to me. Here's a perk for you, Jonathan. All right. They are a sexy alien. Okay. I'll read the bullet points. They have purple skin and antennae. They ooze beauty and sexuality. Like physically or just... (laughs) I think that's like they just, they have charisma. Okay. Uh, They're willing to take you to their planet. That, surely that's interesting. And the, mm, I think we can say this: they're professional at probing. It's fine. Which could, it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. I mean, like planets and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, I've, I've done that plenty in Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah. And I, I swear, I just drew this. I didn't pick these. I just drew this. They will only have sex with you if you wear a bear costume. This is the quirk. Ah, okay. They don't need a costume. <laughs> I didn't read this. They don't need a costume, only you do. Um, the suit is fully functional, so I assume you can like walk around in it and anything okay. you it washes easily. <laughs> the bottom bit, which again, I think is supposed to make you feel happier. It actually makes me feel sadder. You don't have to make bear noises. <laughs> hmm. So just wear the outfit. So yeah. It's a very sexy alien, but you, uh-huh. you have to dress up like a bear. But not act like one or make the noises. What do you guys think? Do you guys think I would? I don't know. I think, you know, if you're going to overlook all sorts of stuff like the being an alien, uh, and that's fine, then really I think, I think somebody from another planet, if the only requirement they have of you, if you dress up like a bear, that's probably fine. I personally feel it? like it, would, it could just be a cultural thing, and I would totally respect Absolutely. Yeah, his or her culture. Can you imagine uh, that if you met an alien and, and they're like, oh, you're doing your best to try and like, yeah, get with their like, culture, and then, and then you say, well, listen, what can I do to make you feel more comfortable? And the only thing they like, actually, just, can you just dress up like a bear? Like, is there anything else? Yeah, just put nah. this on, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll put that on. Yeah. That's yeah. a really interesting I'm way sure of it'll be very comfy. Oh, like, I think it'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, it might get a little sweaty, but like, I mean. I mean, I think, to be honest, I think if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're literally having relations with an alien, I think getting a little sweaty is probably uh, not going to really yeah, face going you. To yeah, no, I, I'm sold. I'm sold. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Fair yeah. enough. I would date. I would not deny. Yeah. The, the, the cards are date or deny. Yeah. 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 It's it, a strange use of language, I think. Date or deny. And the, the thing is, obviously, you can play it like a game and you can see who scores points for getting the most right Is this supposed to be like... I don't care. I just like no, having yeah, these chats. I mean, like, you wouldn't play this. Is it like... Is it date or deny... As in, like, you would deny them a date? Or is it deny as in you're, you're pretending to everyone else that you wouldn't go on a date with them? <laughs> like, you're denying that you like them when actually the idea is, of course, everyone would go on a date with everybody. 
I don't know. Yeah, I like I the know. idea of deny being like, yeah, okay, you're in denial about the fact that you, you, you're pretending you don't want to get Yeah, I mean, you would, so you would do any of these. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I, I, I wonder if that's the intonation or not. I mean, the date thing is interesting because it's not just like, you know, like uh, having relations with them or whatever. It's like going out, you know, it's like having yeah, well, a, uh, yeah, I think especially a relationship. Ameri- the American word use of date, it kind of varies a bit from, uh, that's true. from yeah. the UK. Like when, we, when you say date, it means like you're kind of like, Seeing someone, but maybe not necessarily an item. Whereas us, it's like an, it's an it's an activity. You go on a date. I suppose yes. some people interpret it as just going out on one date. Like, yeah. would you would you yes. go out once just to see how they are? Yeah. And you know, your threshold for that can be very different. Absolutely. There's Absolutely. a similar game by the Super Fight people, uh, which has a little bit more of a Cards Against Humanity style, uh, or you know, uh, apples to apples esque play style, where it's like people are competing to like make you date the person that they like. That they're putting out for you, it's called uh, Red Flags. Red Flags. Oh. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, Interesting. I, I know uh, some people who have been playing Red Flags just using Billionaire Banshee rules. Oh. Because the okay, cards are yes. basically exactly the cards. The content is almost the same. They just use it for more content. Because it's like there's you know red flags and perks. There's just bad things and good things. And it's got like a uh, Billionaire Banshee has this kind of very lovely eight bit like graphic style. Uh, yes. The uh, red flags cheap. just has that classic, like our cards are in Helvetica. Uh, oh, you know, the very simple. These, yeah, sort it's of, like yes. monochromatic Helvetica cards of you know, red bad, you know, uh, black and white good or whatever. Uh, but uh, it's interesting that this may be becoming a genre. These like social dating discussion games. I think they're kind of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm I ready. I really enjoyed it. It's actually one of the real. I mean, I've had a good time with a lot of stuff here. I mean, if we figure out highlights. how to put miniatures and punch in there, like I mean. FFG might be all on this sort of thing. <laughs> okay. Just needs a combat system, doesn't yeah, it? Clearly, yeah. you know, just some dice. Yeah. Like, you know, how many custom dice can we fit in this? Roll for initiative. You're buying the first drink. <laughs> That's it's too much. No, I'm sorry. Far. I'm sorry. It's too much, too far. And on that note, We'll wrap it up for this time. But thank that's, you very much for joining been us. That's our, our 39th podcast. Oh not boy. live, recorded live, but not live from GDC 2016 in Span Francisco. Span Francisco. That's what the customs officer lady sung at me when I went through customs. She said, where are you going? And I said, she just started singing. Wow. That's a woman with a gun singing at me. So I just, I pretended it was well, really good. You're not going to, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's very American. No one would do anything <laughs> different in that situation at all. Jonathan, thank you for coming by. Thank you for having me. This was lovely. Excellent. It's been great. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.